At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's our number three of the Greg Peterson experience right here on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. We're going to be covering all the bases in this hour as in segment number one, we are going to be diving into what we've all got in terms of the NFL for this week. A few games that I haven't really hit upon too much. We touch upon the Green Bay Packers game with our good friend Albert Wynn. I know that he wants a side bet. The problem is I'd be fading the Green Bay Packers in that side bet. So it would just be me fading my own favorite team. So there's that aspect of it. But that said, we've taken a look at a few of these games. Time to give a little bit more love to some of these games that I just take a look at them and I'm a little bit befuddled by them. We're going to be joined in about 15 or so minutes by Jason Weingarten. He does a great job with the Wide World of Weingarten podcast. He does a great job taking a look at futures. He does a great job of taking a look at the NFL betting market as well. So we're going to be hitting upon that. And if you missed my DK Nation write-up for college basketball in hour number two, we're going to get you guys that in the final segment. And just everything that I like in terms of college basketball for what we're going to be seeing on Tuesday. But that said, we saw a big piece of news come out on Tuesday in the NFL that I really didn't touch upon too much. I gave it a little bit of lip service in that last segment talking about another team that's going through a coaching change in Hartford, which I just alluded to the fact that it is a completely different ordeal. But that said, the Indianapolis Colts made a very interesting move, in my opinion, to go from Frank Reich, which I don't necessarily blame them for that move, but... Jeff Saturday, for anyone that has listened to his analysis and listened to the way that he breaks down games, he clearly is a sharp guy. He knows what he's talking about in terms of the NFL. I don't know if I've ever necessarily seen anything quite like it. Now, there is the reference that we can make of Steve Kerr. He was calling games for TNT back in the day. He has become one of the greatest NBA coaches that we have seen in quite some time. His team has not been getting the job done this year, but we all know that Steve Curry has done an amazing job with that Golden State Warriors team. I'm sure that a lot of people, and rightfully so, will give Mark Jackson a little bit of credit for that as well. You may recall Aaron Boone. He was doing some work at ESPN. He's been with the New York Yankees. There's varying opinions about him. I think we will leave it at that. Varying opinions is the best way to be able to put that, but with Jeff Saturday, he's now not stepping into a fresh slate or anything like that. He's stepping into a spot where the Indianapolis Colts are 3-5-1, and one, and now as a result, this is a number that it opened up with the Las Vegas Raiders being a 3.5-point favorite on the look at. They were 6 after what we saw on Sunday. Now we're seeing between 6 and 6.5, six and so we've seen a few ripples in the betting market, but not necessarily a ton of them, and the total on this game is 42.5, and, and I've got all sorts of question marks in terms of what we're going to be seeing here, but am I crazy to think that the guys might be rallying around the Indianapolis Colts and 
just in listening to smart people in terms of the NFL. People are much smarter than myself. The big thing that has been happening with the Indianapolis Colts is that they've got a lot of talent along that offensive line, and they have been just getting completely torched all season long. You know what Jeff Saturday is? A former offensive lineman and a Hall of Fame offensive lineman, a guy that knows what the heck he is doing. If there is one guy that could get things turned around, it is him. And it's not like he is on a staff in which he's got absolutely no coaching experience whatsoever. If I remember correctly, Jeff Fox is still on staff as he was the coach for a very long time for the Carolina Panthers. So that is going to be able to help them out a little bit. And I do think that being able to lean on some of those guys that were former head coaches, that is going to be able to help them out. And I do think that it's a situation with the Indianapolis Colts where I think that the move isn't necessarily the world's worst in the world. You still have Gus Bradley, who's able to coach up the defense as well. So he's able to lean on Gus Bradley, who has been a coach in the NFL, to be able to just lend a little bit of help. And I do think that in terms of the move, it's a little bit off base. But I think that Kevin Mawai is still helping out this team as well, which, I mean... You have Kevin Mawai, another Hall of Famer in terms of the offensive line being able to coach him up, and now I actually think that that's actually not the world's greatest thing because now you've got two Hall of Fame offensive linemen and these guys still can't block to save their lives, so maybe it's a little bit more of something, but when it comes to the Las Vegas Raiders, even with all the hoopla that we've seen for the Indianapolis Colts, Sam Sam Ellinger getting the starts for them, I'm not sold on this team being able to cover a spread. We have seen the Las Vegas Raiders make like your buddy at the bar and being unable to close out when they get these double-figure leads. We've seen that quite a bit with the team this season against the Arizona Cardinals. We saw it last week with the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're able to go down the list with them. And with the Raiders, I talk about how bad the Colts' offensive line problems are. With the Las Vegas Raiders, they just have a defense problem in general. And it's every single one of them in terms of this defense. They have not been able to stop a nosebleed all season long. They're one of the lesser teams in the NFL in being able to get to the quarterback and just being able to shut down the run in general. I take a look at this Las Vegas Raiders team, and I'm wondering where the fight is going to be coming from out of this team because we can take a look at the coaching situation in the Indianapolis Colts, and it's not great. It still might be better than that of Josh McDaniel. So has not learned a gosh darn thing from when he was a coach with the Denver Broncos. He actually got off to a really nice first season when he was with the Denver Broncos. And since then, he's just went backwards further and further. And it just feels like everyone that's come off of that coaching tree of Bill Belichick, they have never been able to make it on their own, which I find to be incredible. And for the Raiders, I talk about their defensive issues. Max Crosby right now has six sacks. How many sacks do you think the rest of the team has? Three. Between everyone not named Max Crosby this season, in eight games, they've got three sacks. That is absolutely remarkable. So Sam Ellinger and all the issues that he's got, you know what? They're going to be helped a little bit by the fact that the Raiders, they just can't get home on the quarterback. And that's a big reason why you've been seeing a bunch of shootouts in this game. And I do think that that is very intriguing in terms of the total on this game. Because we're right now seeing it at a 42 and a half. And even though you've got the Indianapolis Colts which with a little bit of a makeshift offense, you've been seeing Jonathan Taylor on the fold the last few weeks, I do like this total over. I do think that Jeff Saturday is going to be able to spark a little bit of something in the Indianapolis Colts. And the more I dive into this game, I've yet to fire it on it myself because I think that the line might move even further because this was a line that was painted pretty much six across the board before Jeff Saturday came in. And now we're seeing the six and a half pop up as well. And I think that this could continue to go northward. And I think that there could be some sneaky value on the Colts, especially with the Las Vegas Raiders. Let's call it what it is. I'm out here in lovely Las Vegas, and there are a bunch of people that love their Raiders, but you know who else loves their football teams? Well, general football fans that come in from the Midwest. I can tell you right now, in early to mid-November, typically you've got really bad weather when it comes to my home state of Wisconsin. Indiana, it's not dealing with the world's greatest weather themselves. And it's like, oh, you get to watch your favorite team in lovely Las Vegas. Sign me up. And I think that that's a big reason why we do see the home field advantage with so many of these West Coast teams. Like, you see it with both of the Los Angeles teams. You see it with the with the Raiders, who I'm talking about. The Arizona Cardinals, textbook example A of these teams that they don't necessarily have 100% backing of their home teams, but rather a lot of team, a lot of teams fans that they come in from the visitor to be able to have a little bit of vacation, get some nice weather, and then root on their team as well. So that all plays into this as well. The more I look at this, the more that I'm looking at the Indianapolis Colts. And 
I do take a look at just this board in general, and I do think that one of the most befuddling games and one that I don't know if I'm going to wind up having to play on, it is this Cleveland Browns and the Miami Dolphins game with the Dolphins. They are a four-point favorite with a total at 48.5. If you look at the number one quarterback in terms of QBR this season, that would be Tua Tagovailoa. Tua has been absolutely incredible for this team, but I take a look at the record of the Cleveland Browns, I think that's a little bit misleading. If you go back to week number two, they had that game signed, sealed, and delivered against the New York J-E-T-S Jets, 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 but in that game, you saw the complete calamity happen in the final two minutes, and as a result, they were unable to get the job done, and I take a look at this Browns team. They've been dealing with injuries to guys like Miles Garrett and company with that car accident. Now they're starting to just get healthier and healthier. Denzel Ward has been out of the fold for quite a while now. He is still dealing with the concussion, so we shall see on his status, but it's a Browns bunch. I like what I saw out of them in their last game. That was going back to Monday Night Football a few weeks ago against the Bengals. They're coming off of their bye week, so they're going to have extra time to you know, prepare for a Miami Dolphins team. That I like that they went for it at the trade deadline. They bring in Bradley Chubb. He's going to be a little bit of a game record, and I think that that's a big part of this handicap as well. Seeing the total at 48.5, I do think that's set a little bit too high. Now, Tyree Kill has been absolutely incredible, and if you want someone sneaky for MVP, and I'm going to need to ask this to Jason Weingarten, would he consider a bet on Tyree Kill, perhaps being an MVP candidate? He has been incredible this season. He's already got 1,100 yards, 76 receptions. I recognize that his numbers weren't necessarily as great when you had the understudies in there for the Miami Dolphins in those few weeks, but I mean, who would be doing anything when you got someone like a Skylar Thompson in the fold? So I do think that there's a little bit of sneaky value there with the Miami Dolphins. The defense, it needed a little bit of a kick in the rear, and I do think that Bradley Chubb is going to be able to deliver that. But you take a look at the way that the Dolphins have been able to move the ball on the ground, and it has been quite sensational. They bring in Jeff Wilson. He signed carries for 51 yards in his first game in the fold. Now, giving up the points that they did against a Bears team that all of a sudden they're starting to be able to put it together on defense. That is a little bit of a concern, but for the Cleveland Browns, I still think that they're in relatively solid hands, which Jacoby Brissett hasn't necessarily done a lot in terms of just going for it down the field, but he's surrounded by a lot of good weapons. Amari Cooper has been able to be a nice, solid, reliable target for him. And then you've got out there at the tight end spot, David Njoku, who he has missed a game this season, but being able to have him out there in the fold, that could be big for them as it looks like he is playing to play for the Dolphins. As a situation that I'm going to be monitoring because I do think that the Browns are a little bit different and they have a little bit more just protection in general with them. But I do think that both of these defenses are going to be able to rise up. I think that Bradley Chubb is going to be able to do a solid job for this self and seem. So I do lean to the under in the spot and we've just been seeing unders, unders, unders in the NFL this season. Right around 60% of games have already gotten under the total of the season. I think that we're going to see more and more of it. I don't know what it is in terms of the play, but I don't know if you guys agree slash disagree with me, but it feels like the offensive play is as bad as it's been in a long time. And for bad offensive play, typically it's due to great defensive play and the defense has been as good as I've seen it in a long time as well. So I do think that is sort of the case of two things coming together to create what we've had. And that's a lot of unders. And what we've got next is a great segment with our good friend, Jason Weingarten. He is the host of the Wide World of Weingarten podcast. Going to be looking at some... At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Your next win, it is a Bruin. Play for free for fantasy football and basketball with draft time matchups presented by Miller Lite. Draft wins in 13 contests and compete for your share of $41,000 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Miller Lite now to get in on the action. Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, 21 years or older. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions, they do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please do celebrate responsibly. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network with now Jason Weingarten. He is the host of the Wide World of Weingarten podcast, part of the VEASAN family. Joining me right now, and Jason, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How's it going? It is going great, and Jason, I think that you are the perfect man to ask for this one because I was talking last segment a little bit about the Miami Dolphins, and I know that you're a sucker much like myself for a good futures bet, and I was taking a look at odds win MVP, and do you think Tyreek Hill deserves a little bit of consideration? He's been putting up absolutely massive numbers. We recall what happened with Cooper Cup last season, and that, in my opinion, was a little bit unfortunate. But do you think that there could be a little bit of sneaky value right now with someone like a Tariq Hill who's been completely tearing it up with over 1,100 receiving yards? No. Um, you know, like you said, we saw last year with Cooper Cup, um, even extraordinary seasons for non-quarterbacks aren't rewarded. So um, outside of him doing something we've never seen before, like, you know, you could throw out a crazy number, like 30 touchdowns or something. Um, outside of something like that, I can't see anybody but a quarterback winning winning the MVP. Well, dang, I was hoping for a little <laughs> bit more, but I am right there with you. I did think that it's a little bit tough, but that said, I know that you've got a few futures in terms of odds of win MVP. I don't know if you fired in on any in recent weeks, but how does the Josh Allen news really change your outlook on this? Because he's dealing with the UCL injury. We shall see what happens there. But I do think that it makes things very interesting because you are a Geno Smith MVP futures holder, and I'm sure that you're feeling a little bit better about this than perhaps you thought you'd be going into week 10 of the NFL season. Yeah, you know, part of the thing when you're betting futures and, and you're not betting the favorites is you always need a couple things to break your way. Um, you know, but Josh Allen potentially being injured is is definitely one of them. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes are still very much in the way, and there, there's a long way to go before Geno Smith is going to get recognition in the same tier as, as those guys. But, um, you know, breaks happen one at a time, and this is the first one that's, that was needed, and they still have to beat the Buccaneers this weekend, and... <laughs> this uh, weird Germany game, but uh, you know, like I take it one step at a time and and worry about it each week. So it's nice, nice spot to be in this this late in the season. Obviously, didn't think it would still be alive. And I'm so glad that you bring up that game because I know you've got quite a bit of money hedge upon the Seahawks in a wide variety of ways. I just mentioned the Geno Smith for MVP ticket, but I know you've got a few futures in terms of the Seattle Seahawks, and you also have a few few futures in terms of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know if worst record in the NFL is going to get there, but certainly the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they've been a big, fat disappointment, and I've been a little bit surprised by the line movement, as when I came on the show 24 hours ago, you were seeing the Seahawks 
right around about a one or so point underdog. Now we're seeing this at two and a half, and I think that this is a classic case of just what you thought a team was going to be preseason. A lot of people were very high on the Buccaneers, and everyone thought, oh, this Seattle Seahawks team is going to stink versus what we've actually seen with the Seahawks being significantly better. And I'm of the proponent that the Seahawks should probably be a little bit of a favorite if we were taking a look at the actual numbers and what they've done this season. I'm not sure if you've got any sort of a handicap on this game, but I think that this is a very interesting spot just taking a look at what you were expecting coming into the year versus what we've actually seen. Because if I take a look at what we've actually seen, I like the Seattle Seahawks in this spot. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think with the Seahawks, and I think they've, they've had four straight covers and five of the last six. Uh, now you're you're traveling all the way to uh to Munich from Seattle which is a a pretty long flight you know and there's just not much you can do to to you know the the travel the travel lag the jet lag and everything from Seattle to Munich is is significant here and uh it wouldn't surprise me if if the buccaneers get a uh a second win in a row here I thought they got really lucky pulling uh, pulling the rabbit out of the hat at the end of the the Rams game, and it probably saved their season. So, to your point, the the worst record probably is is not happening. It it likely was never happening. But uh, missing the playoffs is still very much in the picture. Unfortunately, the the Rams let me down there to to really uh, gain some value this week. Yeah, and what do you make out of the Rams? Because right now they're a three-point favorite against the Arizona Cardinals. I know that oftentimes you and Daniel Avari join me just to evaluate what we're seeing in terms of the L.A. teams. And with the Rams, I find it hard to be able to back them laying three points. Now, I really don't want any part whatsoever of taking three with the Arizona Cardinals as well because you've got Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, and what has happened there. But I find the Rams versus the Cardinals game for this week to perhaps be one of the most unbettable because at this line of three, I really don't find value either way. Yeah, I mean, the Rams are it was the ninth game of the season. They're starting their ninth, ninth different offensive line combination. That's oh. just not a good way to win in the NFL. And, you know, it's it's just sort of matter-of-fact stuff at this point. Like when, when your starting left tackle was signed off the street 17 days ago, there's only so much you can do from an offensive standpoint you can only run plays so effectively with you know five backup linemen and guys switching position every week and you know it's it is what it is um this is the post super bowl um you know this is this is what happens when you you know uh max out to win a super bowl and and you know the bill's going to come due the next year so the Rams just got to live with it. And at this point, if it means missing the playoffs and, and rebuilding and, and getting back to where they can be a, a championship team in the future, that's, that's fine. The, the goal is to win a Super Bowl, and they accomplish that. And now you're seeing the after effects of you know, being an NFL champion. Do you think there is any chance whatsoever that they go back to Cam Akers a little bit more as well because he was active in that game against the Buccaneers? I think that he got one touch, but he really didn't do a whole heck of a lot. I know that they were trying to trade him at the deadline. That came up snake eyes for them, but I just have no idea what to make out of the Rams right now because you mentioned it with the offensive line. It is a complete and utter mess, and with the ground game, they can't get anything going whatsoever as a result, and that means that Matthew Stafford, he has to just have the ball in his hands a lot, and he's very interception happy. Yeah, and you can't run the ball 20, 25 times behind that offensive line. You just, you can't. Akers or anybody else. And I mean, I think the problem with Akers essentially is that he wants to be a featured back in the NFL. And, and the Rams are telling him that's that's not happening you know, now or in the, the near future. But at a certain point, the season's going to get away from the Rams, you know, and it looks like it's happening sooner than later. And uh, they're going to have to evaluate some of the players on their roster for, for next year. But Jalen Ramsey was pretty honest about it after the game yesterday. He said, can't just keep asking the defense go, to go back out there and get another stop. He said, he said, we shouldn't have been out there to get that last stop. You know, the, the offense needed to go out there and get, get it done. And, and it's not, you know, they, they keep putting the, us, the defense, in the spot, he said, to to you know take take the blame and the loss and you know it's not the first time this happened so rams going nowhere quick this year 
and Cooper Cup, we didn't know how fully healthy it was going to be. He still had eight catches, 427 yards, and their lone touchdown of the game. So he certainly did his part. Cooper Cup has been amazing, and really the rest of the team, they need a little bit of a shot in the arm as well. And then when it comes to the other team out there in the NFC West and a division that all of a sudden has been very, very intriguing. It is the 49ers going up against another team that we talk about quite a bit in the Chargers. And I'm seeing this line at a touchdown. What do you make overall out of the Chargers and their injury outlooks? As I feel like both of the LA teams maybe dealing with a lot of those recently. And I do take a look at this spot. And though the Chargers injury concerns, especially at the receiver spot, they do concern me. I think that seven might be a little bit too lofty for this game. Yeah, I mean, the, the Chargers just, caught us being a bad luck this year with Herbert getting injured early and Rashawn Slater, uh, JC Jackson spent a lot of money on him and he hasn't performed. And one of my favorite players, Donald Parham has, uh, you know, made very sporadic appearances and landed back on the injured list. So, um, I don't know, seven, like you said, it's a lot, it's kind of a game. I, I don't really want much, uh, much part of, I would, initially lean san francisco just because i i don't trust the the, the chargers just from a, the coaching staff down to the depleted roster at this point and uh, i thought they got lucky with the win over the falcons last week and i wouldn't back them again uh for san francisco yep i can't blame you there brandon saley is one of my lowest power rate coaches and congratulations to him on not being the most recent coach can can as that was mr frank Wright, but still with Brandon Saley has not been terrific there, but what is always terrific is getting aboard Jason Weingarten. I know that he's got a few futures plays that he's been making the last few weeks, so we're going to be talking about value in the NFL next here on VSIN, Esports Betting Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything that VEASAN has to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. Get VEASAN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl, plus our upcoming college basketball, college bowl, and Super Bowl betting guides. Give yourself an edge. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe to get your $99 midseason special today. That is at VSIN.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, being rejoined by Jason Weingarten. Does a great job with the Wide World of Weingarten podcast and Jason, we talked in segment number one a little bit of where the value is in terms of the NFL, and I know that you're taking a look at a few futures as well, and I know that you fired in on Rookie of the Year on someone. Take me through what you fired in on and what you like about it. Uh, on on Rookie of the Year? I believe that you said Rookie of the Year. I might have it screwed up, so my apologies about that, but I, Offensive Player of the Year. That said, I offensive always get those. Offensive Player of the Year. I was going to say, yeah. I, I the the rookie of the year market, I think, is uh, Kenneth Walker's to lose just because yeah. he's the only guy doing anything on a <clears throat> a playoff caliber team. Uh, but the uh, the offensive player of the year, it uh, looks to me like Tyreek Hill's got the inside track on uh, a Cooper Cup repeat, and that's that's assuming that you define the offensive player of the year as the you know the award essentially for the best non quarterback in the NFL, which it it seems like that has become the agreed upon criteria for this award, um, which I don't necessarily agree with, but it is what it is. Yeah, because you did see Cooper Cup last season be able to take that one. And I do think that that is interesting because I actually did lead off last segment asking you if you thought that there was any value on Tyreek Hill to win MVP. You said no, but it's certainly on Offensive Player of the Year. It is different. And when it comes to Offensive Player of the Year, what would it take for a quarterback to be able to overtake a running back slash wide receiver? Because it does feel like we now have that divide. Well, it should. Um, you know, in many cases, if you're the best, uh, if you're the MVP, you should also win the Offensive Player of the Year. Um, and it really just comes down to how you define the, the award and the criteria for the award. Is the Offensive Player of the Year the award for the best non-quarterback, or is it um, you know, the best off offensive player. Um, in that case, many, many times, and it hasn't, hasn't happened in a couple of years, but it does happen, um, you know, more often than, than zero. Um, the, the player that wins the offensive player of the year is also the MVP, which, you know, should happen more often in my opinion. How can you win one and not the other? 
Yep, I'm right there with you because you have those funky awards when it comes to the college football landscape as well. Like you've got the Maxwell Award winner and everything like that, and then you got the Heisman Trophy winner that they don't even win the positional award as well. And it's like, what in the heck has happened here? So one of those strange things. And I know that we were having a little bit of a heated discussion off air about this award as well. Comeback Player of the Year and. Is this a market that you think is very beatable, or is this just a market that, in general, it's just very strange? Because I know that you've got a position on Nick Gates, who right now I'm seeing at DraftKings at 17 to one, and I don't know about you, but I think that this is one of the hardest things to fire in on right now. Geno Smith is a favorite, but my question to you is, what is Geno Smith coming back from other than just not being out there on the field in general? Because he's not dealing with an injury or anything like that, so. I just think that this is a very strange award in general to fire in on, and I know that you've got a position on Nick Gates. Yeah, um, the markets, you know, this is the market I track because I've, I've been betting Nick Gates a decent amount the last couple of weeks. I He's only up because I requested him uh, to begin with, but Squam Barkley was like a minus 225 favorite, and now he's drifted out to about plus 140, and Geno Smith has overtaken him as the favorite. Uh, every time the Seahawks win, Geno Smith's odds are lowered, essentially. But wh- why are we giving Geno Smith the Comeback Player of the Year award? I understand the arguments that he is a uh, a candidate for the MVP, you know, uh, an outside candidate at the moment, but candidate nonetheless. Uh, comeback Player of the Year, I find a a little harder to understand because like you've said like i've said um i've said it a bunch but what's he coming back from he he didn't go anywhere you have to go somewhere to come back he's been a backup quarterback in seattle for for multiple years not only that but he was a free agent as of you know this this spring anybody could have signed him so what's he coming back from he's he was available to anybody this offseason Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that it's very strange in general, and I do think that it should be someone coming back from an injury. Like, certainly, I think that Saquon Barkley should be out there in the fold, and someone like a Nick Gates, who I know that you've got a position on, he should be able to as well. And then when it comes to other of these markets as well, I do find them to be very strange because something that I've talked about on the show, and I personally have taken a position on Shea Gildress-Alexander in terms of the NBA, the most improved player of the year award, it feels like it sort of is in that as well. You define it as someone that was like a G League player and now he's a solid role player. Is it like with John Morant last season going from being a star player to a superstar player? I mean, is it perhaps someone that was like halfway decent now being pretty solid? I think that that's very strange to take a look at as well. And I do think that there are some awards that you're almost taking a little bit of a blind stab, but it's just based on what the voters' criteria is. Uh, what the voters criteria is and really nothing else. And I think that these are some of the things that you could both find the most value on and could also be the most frustrating and really just haunt you as well. Well, they're incredibly subjective and it's important to remember the, uh, the voting body and how big it is. And in the case of comeback player of the year, it's 50 votes, which is actually a large amount of votes. And if you look at even, you know, pull up pro football reference or whatever you want to use, and uh, look at the last 10 years or 15 years of, of the vote distribution, however many years, you know, you're content to, to get your sample size up to. But uh, you can see just a quick look at the vote distribution. There have been years where guys have won 49 to 1, and there's years that guys have won with 16 to 15, and, and you know, other players getting a, a scattering of votes. So... There's many different vote vote distributions for this award that still result in in a winner that you know you don't necessarily need a majority. Um, all that said, when you just look at the board, when you look up top and you see Geno Smith not coming back from anything, uh, Saquon <laughs> Barkley played 13 games last year, is on the record saying last week that he thinks Nick Gates should win the comeback player of the year. Derrick Henry not winning the award. By the way, did you notice he only touched the ball like one time in the last two minutes in overtime of the game last night? He, he always disappears when, when you know, in close games late. There's there's like no way to use him effectively other than short yardage or goal line or whatever. Um, always a ding for him. It's why he'll never win a offensive player of the year MVP. 
Um, you know, always disappears in big games too. Christian McCaffrey, I don't think he's winning. He was injured last year, um, not significantly. Not when you compare him to Nick Gates, who, um, if you haven't heard me mention this already, uh, had compound fracture, tibia, fibia, four different places, seven surgeries. Coming back from that, much more impressive than any of the other guys I just mentioned. And then Travis Etienne, if, uh, if you want an even longer shot than Nick Gates, he missed his rookie season with a Liz Frank injury. Um, came back this year, starting running back, is playing exceptionally well for the Jaguars. Still don't think he's as impressive as uh, Nick Gates, but when I look at this board, I think the entire top of the board is uh, wrong, basically. And um, if you want to cover your bet with Geno Smith, who um, the market thinks is the likely winner, you can free roll Nick Gates or whoever else you think uh, might win. I, I don't think this market is very well thought out by most of the people booking and copying it. And I think that it really varies from sport to sport as well, because you mentioned Travis Etienne in a sport like basketball. If you miss your entire rookie season, he'd be up for rookie of the year. We remember that Blake Griffin, he was drafted number one overall. He misses the entire rookie season or what was supposed to be his rookie season. He comes back this, that next year, what is technically two years after he was drafted, he ended up winning rookie of the year. That is not the case in the NFL as well, which I always think that that's a big giant can of worms that you could dive through as well. So there's a lot of subjectivity when it comes to these betting markets. And Jason, I know that somehow, some way, even with all that, you do a great job of being able to find some money in terms of all of it. I know that you've got quite a few futures out there. I wish you absolutely nothing but the best on them. And I do think that you're going to be able to hit some long shots this year. Always appreciate the time. And thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thanks for having me on. Jason Weingarten is the host of the Wide World of Weingarten podcast. You're able to get that wherever you find your podcast. And it's always great to be able to dive in there. Like I was saying, I've got a little bit of position in terms of one of these, shall we say, strange markets in terms of most improved players in the NBA. I actually came on here and I was looking. The only reason why I fired in on it is because I was looking. And I was like, man, Jake Gilders Alexander is having a nice season. Looked, I saw 18 to 1 odds and you, I decided, you know what? I'm going to fire in on that, so I actually do like that position, and we shall see how that shakes out moving forward. And speaking of basketball, we've got plenty of college basketball to take a look at for this Tuesday. Unfortunately, no NBA, but that said, I'll give you guys my DK Nation write-up for Tuesday in the NBA on the flip side right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. 
You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Fall sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, basketball, or baseball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like Tuesday Hockey First Goal Score Insurance, Friday Night College Football Bet Plus Get, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and so much more. Head on over to BetRivers.com today or download the BetRivers app as it is a whole new game. It is the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Coming up, if you're listening to this show live, you're going to be getting a replay of the Greg Peterson Experience. So either say you're welcome or say I apologize. I do not know which I do not know who is listening to this, but hopefully it's a you're welcome. We shall see on that. But I said, if you're listening to a replay, 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, follow the money, Mitch Moss, Paul Howard. They're going to be reacting to Monday Night Football. Night number one of the college basketball slate list goes on and on. They've got you covered. They always deliver the goods. And that means that I've got to lead in by delivering the goods myself. We've got a much shorter slate of college basketball than we saw night number one. We are not going to be getting 126 games on this slate, but that said, I do think that there's a little bit of value, so let's dive in with game 755-756 on the board. This is going to be by Nike Nation right up between Duquesne and Montana. Duquesne opened up a six-point favorite. Now across the board, I'm seeing mostly five. I'm seeing a few stray five-and-a-halves out there as well, but we're seeing between a five and a five-and-a-half point line, and the total on this game, it is 135 and a half pretty much across the board. And I felt like Duquesne should have been more like a one-point favorite in this spot. When it comes to Montana, I do like the fact that they bring back Josh Bannon. Bannon is a six foot ten combo player from the continent of Australia who does a good job shooting it at 35.5% from three-point range, 15 points, a little bit over eight rebounds per game for him. And then with Duquesne, this team just cannot stop the three to save their lives last season. Among 358 D1 teams, they were 354th in opponent's three-point shooting percentage, and that's a problem when you yourself can't put the ball in the basket. Among the 358 D1 teams in terms of Duquesne's shooting percentage, they were 349th, and they were banking on Tevin Brewer to really be able to help out this offense, and I do think that he's going to be able to do so, Tom, but he transferred in from Florida International and is most likely going to be missing Tuesday's game. He had emergency surgery following complications with an appendectomy. Yeah, really feel for the kid. You don't want anyone to be going through that. That said, when it comes to just taking a look at what you're going to be getting on the court, that does affect this team now. Danny Grant actually comes in for Duquesne, and I like his game. While at Miami of Ohio last season, shot about 40% from three-part range, 17 and a half points. He's able to give you four assists per contest, so he'll be manning things in the backcourt. But Duquesne under Keith Zambrot, they've had to go time and time again to the transfer portal. They lose four other top six scores from last season, including Guy and Primo Spears that was really able to go into takeover mode towards the second half of the season last year for the team. So having to replace him, that's relatively tough. Duquesne was an okay three-point shooting team last season, but now they lose a lot of those pieces. They do bring back Trey Williams. They give the team six rebounds per contest. Kevin Easley has got a little bit of versatility. Six foot six, six foot seven gentleman that began his career at TCU. So that'll be able to help him out a little bit. But for Montana, I mentioned the bad three-point shooting defense that you've got with Duquesne. It's made all the worse by the fact that they bring in Aiden Mooney along with Deshaun Thomas or Desha- Deshaun Thomas from Colorado State. Both of these guys at their respective schools as Moody comes in from Southern Utah. Made over 40% of their threes last season. Thomas, he offers good size at six foot nine, So that should be able to help out a Montana team that year in and year out there typically don't do a great job on the offensive glass. They typically do a solid job of not allowing second chances to other teams. They themselves don't necessarily generate a lot of second chances, but I do think that he should be able to help out with that a little bit with his six foot nine frame for Duquesne. I don't think that this is a well-coached team. Meanwhile, I think that Thomas Secure has been able to do a solid job with this Montana team. I'm willing to take the points with Montana. That is going to be the DK Nation write-up, whether that be shaking out at like five, five and a half. When I wrote this up, it was six. We are seeing a little bit of a line move, and I do think that it is the correct line move. So going to be taking the points with, with Montana as my DK Nation pick. And Montana has been a very slow team the last few seasons. Duquesne has been an anemic offense as well. semi total at a 131, so... I'm also diving in on the under. How about if we go with the lone game that I've yet to hit on this show that we're going to be seeing on Tuesday? This is on the extra games board. 
It's the Battle of South Carolina, 306-617-306-618. South Carolina, the Gamecocks, they're playing us to South Carolina State out there in the MEAC as South Carolina State, a 24-point underdog. And Tadon's game, it is 139.5. I think this line is warranted. South Carolina State, I think, is going to be one of the worst teams in all of college basketball this season. If you take a look at the preseason rankings of Ken Pomeroy, they were 349th in the country, and honestly, I think that they should be a little bit lower as for South Carolina, recognize that this is not a world-beater team by any stretch of the imagination, but Gigi Jackson, he reclassified after he was ranked as the number one recruit for 2023. Going down to 2022, we've seen varying results from guys that reclassify, but because he's a forward, because he is a guy with already a lot of just muscle mass and strength, I think that he's going to be able to make the transition very well, and you know what? This is pretty much going to be a softball for him to begin the season because he's going up against a South Carolina State program that they had their coach in Tony Madlock decide that he was going to be leaving the program during the offseason. So as a result, you saw quite a few guys decide that they were going to be transferring out of the program and you just don't have a lot of size in general to be able to match up, which I think is going to be very tough for this team. You take a look at this this Bulldogs team in terms of South Carolina State and Eric Martinez is work cut out for him to say the least as he does bring back a few guys that were able to give the team some scoring last season. Rashawn Edwards is able to put in there eight half points per contest. You've also got a guy in Roquan Brown who I think is going to be able to do a nice job in the backcourt. He was able to give the team a few points per game last season as well. So these are guys that you're able to rely upon a little bit. And Cam Jones, he was able to put in there eight half points per contest as well as you do have Brown as a little bit more of a transfer for this team. But I said, I just take a look at this bunch. I don't think that they have, have a single senior on the roster. Dallas James is seven feet tall, but he's very uncoordinated. That's not going to be able to help them out. And then for South Carolina, I think that they're going to be finishing towards the bottom of the SEC, but I do think that there's a good chance that they do avoid the seller because you do have a guy in Chico Carter that is able to light it up from three-point range with the coaching change that they had in the offseason as they bring in pretty much the coaching staff of Chattanooga. You do have quite a few moving parts for this team as Paris Lamont. It took him a few years to be able to build things up at Chattanooga. I think that you're going to be seeing the same for the Gamecocks, but when it comes to Carter last season, he shot right in the neighborhood about 38% from three-point range two seasons ago. I was at Murray State. He was able to put in their 12 half points per contest, shot 44.2% from three-point range. They bring in Abrima Diba. He was able to dole out five and a half assists per contest while he was at Coastal Carolina. I do think that these pieces are going to be able to do an okay job of messaging, especially if they're able to get Benjamin Bozeman's Verdonk, who comes in from Illinois to be able to be a relatively solid number two post player. I don't think that this is going to be a team that's going to go out there, play positionless basketball or anything like that, especially with losing guys like Jermaine Kuzar, Devin Carter and company. But you still have a couple of returning pieces from last season. I think that you've got a relatively solid coach here in Paris Lamont, who's going to be able to do a good job of helping out a team going up against I call it what it is. In my opinion, a bottom 10 team in all of college basketball in South Carolina State. I think it's going to be a long year for the Bulldogs. So I'm going to be willing to lay the Mondo number here. When it comes to South Carolina, I set them as a 26-point favorite. And on South Carolina last year, they played a very up-tempo under Frank Martin. I don't think that they're going to be playing as up-tempo, but I just think that the South Carolina State defense is going to completely stink on ice. So I set my total more around about a 148. So I'm going to be taking a look at the total to go along with South Carolina, laying the 26. And then when it comes to the other games on the card, just... Brushing up upon what I was touching upon in hour number one and hour number two for the Purdue versus UW-Milwaukee game. Right now, Milwaukee, they open up a 27-point underdog. Now you're seeing at most spots them being a 26-point underdog. I took the 26 with them. Purdue, they're without Jaden Ivey, Sasha Safadovich, so many of the backcourt pieces that made them so successful last season in terms of the Ryder versus Providence game. I'm willing to lay between 13 and 13 and a half with Providence. I'm willing to lay up to 14 with them. Ryder, I actually think, is going to be good out there in the Metro Atlantic, the good old MAAC. They bring back guys like a Dwight Murray Jr. and company, but I love the way that Providence is coached. You've got one of the best coaches in Ed Cooley and all of college basketball, Nick Hopkins. He comes in after he was a top 75 recruit at Kentucky. That should be able to bolster this team, and I do think that Ed Croswell is going to be able to do a solid job down low. And then when it comes to San Jose State versus Georgia Southern, I'm willing to lay between 3.5 and, and 4 with San Jose State, willing to lay up to 5.5 with them as you've got Omari Kelly who's back after he led the San Jose State Spartans in points, rebounds, assists, blocks. 
all of those categories. He led them in the major five categories. I believe that he's the only player in all of college basketball that did that. So that is going to be big for him. And San Jose State, they're going to have a nice home court advantage. And that leads into the pro tip, vcin.com slash subscribe for all of these. You get one every single hour of live programming, and that means 20 per day here on the weekdays. And we were talking about this a little bit earlier in hour number two with Albert Wynn. When it comes to gauging home field advantage, when it comes to weekday games, like we're going to be seeing for the Maxion, it is a case in which you might want to be shading down that home field advantage just a little bit as the crowd sometimes isn't quite as rowdy. But something that gets us very rowdy, that's follow the money. Mitch Moss and Paul Howard, they call, come your way at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern here on VEASAN Esports Betting Network. Check out the VEASAN store for the latest and greatest in sports betting fashion. We have more than 40 shirt designs, including our most popular one, Cash and Tickets is what it's all about. You'll find VEASAN shirts and hats for any occasion, and they're all made to order, so you can find the right design, color and find the right design, color and find the right design, color and find the right design. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. 